How do you stop censoring yourself? Hi, welcome to another episode of Business Mindset Mastery. I'm Heather Gray. I'm a mindset and leadership coach. I work with business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs. You can always find out more about me and how to work with me over at choosetohaveitall.com. And today I want to have a conversation with you about censorship, specifically the number of times as we move through the world in our regular everyday How often do we censor ourselves? How often do we not say what we're really thinking in fear of how people will respond? How often do we not take action that our impulses and our instincts are telling us to take because we can't be guaranteed of the outcome? How many times do we play it safe, stay in the corner, hide in the shadows? All of that is self-censorship. All of that is playing small, getting in our own way, and preventing us from living our big lives. I was thinking about this because a friend had asked me about how I am so automatically me, was her description, that that I'm just me on autopilot. And she was like, how do you do that? And how do you just move through the world that way? And I was like, well, you know, and I answered her, of course, and I'll tell you about our conversation. But then I also thought this is going to make for a really good podcast episode. So I was glad she asked the question. But before I get there, I have to tell you the story involved. So I was at the airport recently flying home um, from uh, visiting my family back east after the Thanksgiving holiday. And our plane was a little bit late in taking off. So we were hanging out and waiting at the gate. And I decided that I needed a hot chocolate, that a hot chocolate on the East Coast is way better than hot chocolates on the West Coast uh, for obvious reasons, right? Puts you in the spirit and stuff. So I had it over in line to a coffee shop. And as I was walking through the airport, I saw this um, mom um, with two babies. Um, they couldn't have been, maybe maybe they were like six months old. I, I don't know. And I ended up not asking, but she was really frenetic and trying to hold both of them. One was wailing about, one was crying. And um, I just, you know, I rushed over to her and said, so what do you need and how can I help? And she ended up saying, she's like, oh my God, she's like that, you know, my twins here, like one of them just threw up all over me. And when one of them blows, the other blows. And, you know, I, I, I can't, like, I don't know what to do. It's she was frenetic and embarrassed. And I said, okay, like, I know this airport. Um, I know what we're going to do. Like, I'm going to grab one of your babies and you're going to take the sick baby and we're going to go to the restroom. So before I was even thinking about it, we end up in the restroom and of course there's a line and I just started shouting out to the people, this is a good human moment. We have to be a good human mom with, you know, sick baby on the way. Like, can we just clear and make room for her? And like, I cut the line, um, you know, happy holidays everybody, right? Like, like pay it forward. So I'm in the the restroom um, and she's like, oh my God, I don't even know what to do. And both of the babies were crying. Um, And as I'm like helping her, I said, okay, first, like oxygen mask on you, right? We're in an airport and you're not going to be able to take care of anything until you take care of yourself. So you were covered with puke. So why don't you take care of yourself? Do you have a, a sweater or a backup piece of clothing that you can wear? And she's like, yes. And I said, okay, so I'm going to watch 
your two babies and you were going to go into the restroom and you're going to change your top. And then when she came out, having changed her top, I said, wash up, clean up. These kids are dirty. They're going to be dirty. They'll, you know, they can wait for you to clean up. And then I said, next step, like one baby at a time. So she lifts baby number one. I've got baby number two. And um, my husband's back at the gate, probably wondering where his hot chocolate is. We clean up baby number one and baby number two pukes all over me. Like when I tell you dripping in my hair, dripping down and like <laughs> offering like droplets of vomit off my glasses and landing on my my neck, thankfully not on my clothing, because I was thinking I didn't have a backup top and I'd be on a flight for six hours. So we get baby number two um, cleaned up and then I'm like washing vomit out of my hair just in time to get back to the gate and get on my flight. And I was, you know, afterwards telling a friend the story and my husband, of course, is like, only you, like the things that happen to you. And I do have a history of airport stories. There always seems to be, you know, something going on. But when I was telling my friend, she's like, that's so you. She's like, how did you know to respond to that woman? How did you even know that she needed help? And I, as I was talking to her about it, the thing that became really clear to me is I didn't know I was head, heading in her direction until I was already in front of her. And I can tell you so many times where that's true about me, where my gut instinct is I show up and I put myself in front of a situation and I figure it out later. And that's what I did. I did it several months ago when there was a homeless woman in the middle of the street. I think I actually shared that story on a podcast too. I did it on another flight where there was this older gentleman falling um, mid flight in the aisle that I just have this history of like when the crisis is looking like it's about to happen of just showing up. And my friend said, I would never have gone up to that woman. I would never have offered to hold her kid. She would have thought I was kidnapping. How come like you can so fearlessly just show up and, you know, just do that? She's like, without worrying about what people will think, without, you know, worrying about yourself at all or missing your flight. And I just said, well, like, that's me. That's who I am. And she said, you don't get it, Heather. We don't all move through the world the way you do. Like, most of us are so afraid of what other people think that we just censor ourselves, that we think about helping, but we don't help, that we think about showing up, but we decide someone else would be better at it, that we think about doing the thing and living the big life or going after our dreams, but we come up with all these reasons in our head for why we shouldn't or why we shouldn't say something or why we shouldn't ask. And she's like, and you just are there before you even think about it. And she's like, I think your audience needs to figure that out about you. I think that there's something there. And as I was, you know, sort of thinking about that conversation and milling it over, um, yesterday's podcast was a really important episode that I needed to do for you guys to talk to you about warning signs and all of that and paying attention to ourselves. And I can't help but think the conversation I'm having with you right now is also a part of that same conversation. The idea of self-awareness and self-acceptance. I am a fairly intuitive person. I pay attention to myself a lot. There's not a lot that catches me off guard or that I don't see coming. But the piece that she's asking about is probably the piece that I don't talk as much about on the show that I want to invite you guys into this conversation and this part of the dynamic is that, yes, I'm self-aware. 
yes, I largely have self-acceptance. I kind of know my strengths. I know my weaknesses. I know my quirks. I know the things that are going to annoy the crap out of people. All of that. I know those things. But the other piece that I also know is that I am capable of figuring it out. That I don't need to have all the answers. I don't need to have like, well, what am I going to do if I offer this woman my help and she thinks I'm trying to kidnap her kid? What if she, you know, sort of says, leave me alone. Nobody asks that like, I don't worry about that because if that happens, I will deal with that when that happens. And I trust myself to have a response. I trust myself and my gut and my instinct that if it doesn't go the way I think it will go, I will figure it out. That is why people struggle with stopping censorship of themselves. That piece, it's not about talking themselves past fear. It's not about working through the anxiety. It is about tuning into capability, trusting that everything is figure outable that we can find our way through anything. And as my friend and I were talking, my husband and I kind of jumped in and he's like, that's why you stop listening to the GPS sometimes when it doesn't make sense or you don't like where it's telling you to go. You just drive in a different direction and wait for it to reroute. And I was thinking that that is so that is such an appropriate description of how I move through the world and how I teach people to overcome themselves, how I talk people out of fear, is this idea that everything is not only figure outable, but we can reroute. We live in a world where it is possible to come up with a plan B on the fly. When we don't know something, there's shit tons of people out in the universe, thanks to the internet, that we can ask. We can call friends. We can ask for help. We can admit to getting stuck. And it's because of the fact that I trust my ability to get out of these hairy situations, that I trust myself to figure it out, that that's how I end up flying across an airport gate, helping a woman and not even realizing that I'm doing it until I'm in front of her kind of grabbing at her kid. And when I say it like that, it does sound kind of weird and maybe not the sanest move on the planet, but that's how you do it. And I want you to do an inventory of yourself. You know, yesterday I really challenged you to to look at the parts of yourself that may be struggling, that may be hurting, any warning signs that you're not paying attention to. But now I want you to take an inventory of what you're capable of. You have gotten through this life and through these years with so much experience, so many stories, so many examples of times when there's a problem in front of you. That you figured it out when something unexpected happened and you didn't know what to do and all of that and you've worked through it and you figured it out that the, the key to not censoring yourself is trusting yourself on the other side. And I think a lot of times we just think to ourselves, like I talked about yesterday in the show, like we just got lucky. We just dodged a bullet rather than no, I was worried about something. I paid attention to it and I made a plan. I didn't know how this was going to go. So I asked for help. I wasn't sure that this was going to take me in the right direction. So I went slow. I paid attention to the signs and I rerouted accordingly. That if you can trust yourself 
to manage the obstacles, to solve the problem. It doesn't mean you have to want them to happen. It doesn't mean that you even have all of the answers the moment the problem happens, but that you're largely capable of figuring it out. That yes, I was able to grab a vomiting child before a six-hour flight because I knew I would live to tell the tale. I might not be comfortable, but my guess is if I had gotten vomit on my shirt and I wasn't able to kind of use the sink soap to shampoo my hair a little bit and get the vomit out, I would have gone into the gift shop. I would have bought myself a sweatshirt and I would have been on with my day. I didn't need to know the answer to all of those things before I acted, before I made a choice, before I showed up. And that's the thing, my friends, you don't need to do that either. You can trust yourself that you will figure it out on the other side. And the more you move through the world with self-acceptance, the more you move through the world that you are enough and you are worthy and you are good enough and you live as if, you start to find and make and create the proof positive that that's true. But when you live according to your censorship, when you think about helping and you wonder how somebody's going to respond, when you think of offering your opinion in a crowd room of other people with lots of opinions, but you keep quiet, you never know what's going to happen. And largely, my friends, you would have lived to tell the tale. So sure, yes, I would have been embarrassed if that woman had sort of questioned my good intention or been suspicious of me. Yes, I would have been, you know, sort of really uncomfortable for a long flight if I couldn't get the vomit out of my hair. And, you know, all of the different situations I'm in that I find myself in that, yes, it could have gone wrong and maybe it didn't go as I went, but I tried. I showed up. I took my seat at the table. I said something. I did something. And because I moved through the world that way, I have more evidence that if it doesn't go my way, I'm going to figure it out. And that is true for you. But that's how you start to live unapologetically. That's how you stop censoring yourself. And the more consistent you are with how you move through the world, how you take action, the easier it is for you to show up across the board, to say what you want and to go after it, to have a dream and to follow it to take action on your life and your business. That's how you do it, my friends. One decision to show up and figure it out at a time. So that's the challenge. Show up and figure it out. Thanks so much for having this conversation with me today. I really appreciate this time with you and to allow you the opportunity to see a little bit behind the curtain. I, I hope that my friend's question was on point and I did bring up a conversation that you needed to hear today. Thanks so much for today. I look forward to talking to you next time. Bye for now.